There's a lot going on in WWE and AEW, and you want your questions answered, so that's why today we are going to answer many of the questions you've asked. The Squared Circle Cycle about my name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, I have about here, I think it's eight questions from our fan base that have asked on the community page. They've asked on Twitter. We're going to try answering the best ones that we got. And if you want to ask them for future question and answer episodes, it's really easy. Just comment below. And if you want your question, definitely answer. Give us a super thanks. Just click that thanks icon, any dollar amount, and we'll get your question answered for the next Q&A episode next week on the Squared Circle Cycle Battle. But let's start with Bammer Slammer Wrestling on Twitter. The sixth woman of the Elimination Chamber is going to be? Bailey. You going with Bailey? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who do we, who do we got in that match so far right now? So right now it's Liv Morgan, Ray, uh, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Dewdrop, and Nikki A.S.H. Oof. So I mean, and, the, and this individual is going to get a title shot, correct? Correct. Right now I'm going to hope and guess that Bianca Belair is the one that's going to win that because we know that Ronda is going to be feuding with Charlotte, it looks mm-hmm. like, going into WrestleMania unless something crazy happens and they decide to change things up. Um, maybe we could d- discuss that a little bit, but... You know, I, I think Bianca Belair is probably the favorite. I know that based on timeline wise, I think Bailey's close to coming back. Um, yeah, she's close. She'd be the my, she'd be my pick if if I had to take a wild guess there. Unless you know, do they go with the forbidden door, so to speak, and say Mickey James as a surprise entrant? I don't see Mickey James going. I think it's going to be one of three people. I think it's going to be all ones that have been gone for a while returning i think it'll either be bailey as you mentioned i think oscar is another favorite considering that she just brought up her stuff with the wwe 2k22 stuff and her rating so people think oh this might be her you know return finally but also someone that has been at saudi arabia before is lacey evans and she you know like Mm. becky lynch and ronda rousey just recently had a baby and Kept herself in shape after the pregnancy was over. And I think, you know what? She might be that surprise. And they have some, you know, story with with Becky Lynch in the past. So they could bring her back to win the thing. But I'm with you on Bianca Belair as the favorite to win that one. But let's switch gears to AEW because they have their little cage structure match that happens. I think it's once a year. I don't know if it's been confirmed that it's going to be a yearly thing. But we do have a question. And that question is from Ajith Kumar. And he says, with Jay White showing up in AEW, what is your prediction for blood and guts this year? Well, I think a lot of people are probably going to hope that we're going to get something with Jay White and Kenny Omega, depending on what direction they go. But we know that Kenny Omega is pretty beat up. Uh, He had a couple of surgeries and a couple of injuries that he was trying to heal up from. So I don't think that's really on the table as of right now. I mean, AEW does have quite a few factions. Um, I guess we can see what happens with the whole dynamic with Jericho and that group if they decide to split and maybe a couple of factions come out of that. I mean, you got Team Taz. I don't know. Off the top of my head. I, I'd imagine it's probably going... It could also involve Andrade. Matt Hardy, that whole dynamic. I don't see that. I, I see I see this being, at, at least right now, I think 
some form of the Bullet Club versus some form of the Elite. Now, the question is, are they going to do mm. four or are they going to do five? If they do four, you think Jay White, maybe the Gorillas of Destiny show up. Yeah. Uh, and then someone else. I don't know who that fourth is going to be in the fifth. But you have Kenny. You have the Bucks. Where does Adam Cole lie into this? But then you also have two other people that are part of the elite or were part of the elite and also part of Bullet Club. And that's Hangman Page and Cody Rhodes. How do they can they get involved in this and would they get involved in this? I think it would fit better with the storyline right now with Hangman Page. If Adam Cole is going to be challenging for the title, you know, if that connection between Kenny and Hangman and Kenny and Adam Cole gets told even more with Hangman Page involved in this match somehow. Yeah, and I, I don't even think you necessarily need Kenny to come back for that match to happen. I think if they were to go with like, let's say there was, uh, you know, you had like Jay White, you had the Good Brothers involved somehow, maybe you have the Gorillas of Destiny, and then you have on the other side, you have, you know, uh, Matt and Nick, the Young Bucks, and you have Adam Cole. Like you said, you can throw Cody Rhodes in there even if you wanted to, Hangman Page. So yeah, that that's definitely... I'd imagine that's probably the forefront runner for this. If they were to do some type of match involving this storyline, that's looks like it's going to be progressing in the next weeks or months. So we'll see. But yeah, that's, that's, that's the direction I think. Right. Go. All right. So let's, let's keep it with the factions here. We did get a question uh, from CW on our YouTube community page. What current faction would you like to be a member of? Oh boy. Uh, what the hell's the name of the best friends faction with Orange Cassidy? They're that just would definitely called, be the faction that I'd fit they're in They're just called the best friends. But they're also part of chaos now. Yeah, I mean, that that's exactly where I, th- I could see myself fitting in. They, they'd be people that I'd definitely get along with. You know, Orange Cassidy, always been a big fan of his. Dan Housen coming in. Definitely the faction I'd side well, with. Well, let, let me ask you this, because I saw this on another channel ask this question. How many friends is is too many best friends when when you start getting past two best friends two legitimate best friends i start to question where your loyalty lies i think so having anything beyond two so beyond two so chuck chuck taylor and trent beretta after that there's too many best friends yeah i mean at this point should we assume that maybe the rest of chaos are just acquaintances (laughs) are they also a part of best friends are for Statlander, where does she let fall in all of this? Perhaps she's just an acquaintance. I don't know. Well, she, she might be a friend with benefits. Who knows with her and Orange Cassidy? <laughs> but uh, no, I, I guess to answer the question directly, um, I'll answer this in the form of which factions do I enjoy the most? Certainly the Bloodline. That's that's in WWE. I think that's clearly a, way above and beyond the best faction. Outside of that, I, I guess the Elite. Not a the biggest fan of some of the things that they do, but would you dress up like a Ghostbuster? I dress up as uh, what's the green guy? Slimer, thing? Slimer, right? Yeah, I I do that. Okay. That's who I would dress if up. If I, as. I mean, uh, there's not the problem is yes, you if you follow New Japan Pro Wrestling, you know everybody's in a faction. AEW has their own fair share of factions, but WWE, there's just the Bloodline. You have the New Day. It's hard to really pick which one I would like to be in. I mean, I guess best friends because it, I, I could finally say I have friends, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I, I think I'd have a lot of fun with the New Day, honestly. 
You know what? Let me retract my answer. I'm going to go with the House of Black. Okay. That's that's the... I know they're technically just a tag... Well, no, their tag team name is what? The Kings of... Kings the, of the Black Throne. Throners. Um, yeah, I'm going to say them because I, I've always kind of gravitated towards groups like that. I was a big fan of the Brood. I'm a big fan of Aleister Black. Keeping in with the factions. A lot of faction questions, Ralph. So we saw on AEW Dynamite that Brian Danielson is trying to maybe create this new faction with John Moxley throwing names like Daniel Garcia out there. So the question yep. was asked, Brian Danielson, if he creates a faction, who does he have in this faction? Okay, hey, I am going to definitely go with Daniel Garcia. Um, I think Daniel Garcia does have a lot of potential. I think that they're definitely... They, he's been on a ton of television over the course of the past three months, I would say. You know, he's been all over Rampage. He's been all over Dynamite. He's had some high-profile matches. Now, he hasn't won a lot of those matches, and, and that's okay because I don't think he's ever been ranked, and I don't think he's really won any notable matches to mm-hmm. date. Um, but he's very young, um, and everybody says he's got a lot of potential. So that being said, to me, he's a no-brainer because, you know, if you go back to, like, the stuff that Brian Danielson was doing, the style that he was working back in Ring of Honor, pretty similar. Like, the parallels, as far as the technical ability, I, that that's that's what I would, I, I see within Daniel Garcia. So, he sometimes, like, with, with factions, you have the guy that's just got the potential, but they're not there yet, you know, and that, that comes with tag teams, and that comes with um, factions right now, you know, we talked about this a long time ago, but Wardlow, we saw Wardlow as the guy coming out of the pinnacle being maybe the guy that gets elevated. Right. Daniel Garcia, if he's aligned with um, Brian Danielson for six months to a year, I could see him being that guy who goes from, you know, just the guy that's, I don't know if you want to consider him enhancement talent or the guy that's in there with the guy, um, but kind of being that upper mid-card level guy or getting the rub from that. Um other than that, I think that it'd be cool to have him aligned with uh, somebody like Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish, because again, you start looking at the way those guys work. Like, I just feel like one, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly already came from a faction, the Undisputed right. Era. Um, so there's already that there. And I think they'd have a good transition into something like that with, with Brian Danielson. So that would be my group there. All right. Well, I think Daniel Garcia is an obvious pick. Uh, you know, with the parallels and everything. And I think a lot of people like to see the younger guys with more experience to give them kind of that rub and give them a little bit of a push. We see it with Darby and Sting. We see it with Lance Archer and Jake the Snake Roberts, even though Archer is a little bit more on the older side. But still, uh, FTR with Tully Blanchard, you know, stuff like that. Let's throw something out there. What if we see CM Punk in this faction? Because, you know, he's all about pro wrestling versus sports entertainment. And yeah, I mean, it would be kind of like a shoot work kind of thing. Maybe not Moxley, but who knows? Maybe you do a two man power trip, have Moxley win the world title, Danielson win the TNT title, and then they both win the tag titles. Who, who needs the faction? I mean, the faction could come later on, but have a two-man power trip, and then eventually it leads to one-on-one Moxley and Danielson. Yeah, that could be that could definitely work. That's a lot a lot of star power in one place, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I, I you know obviously that worked for the NWO with Hogan Hash, um, yeah, Hogan Nash and Hall. Right. So I'm not so sure that 
creatively like all of those guys are like they're also they're they're they may be similar but they're all very different mm-hmm. like punk his narrative and everything he's kind of working towards right now uh with MJF that's vastly different from what Moxley's trying to do so you know how do you how do you get all of those guys on the same page and make it make it make sense it's not to say that they can't mm-hmm. but you know um one name that I will throw out there like if you wanted to add like a big man to the group a guy like Lance Archer. Yeah. You know, he's another one. He's had a lot of high profiled matches. He hasn't necessarily won many. Maybe that's a guy that because again, I don't know. I, I don't see them putting the title on on Archer, at least not yet. Right. Obviously, he just challenged for it. Um, so maybe he would fit nicely in a faction because he can be on TV and it's not like they'll have to have him vanish for three weeks until he comes back and give him like a couple of matches and stuff like that. So might not be bad for him to be the muscle for a smaller guy like Brian Daniels. Right. All right. We got a lot of faction questions. So let's gear towards more the shows and how they operate themselves. So we got a question here on our community page about one Tony Khan. Should Tony Khan have a Twitter account? And this is a follow up to him saying that Jay White basically was a cover up for the Forbidden Door comment even though it was revealed that Keith Lee was the big signing and the big announcement. And I think a lot of people, if there's a criticism for AEW, especially Tony Khan is he gets himself in a lot of trouble saying stupid shit on Twitter. Uh, Yeah. I personally do think he should have a Twitter account. I don't think anybody should be deregulated from Twitter unless you're doing stuff. That's really, really stupid. Like saying hateful things or spreading misinformation or whatever, all that stuff. But I think Tony Khan being transparent with his company and stuff like that, I think helps him. But I do think there's times where he tweets some really dumb stuff. Yeah. And he gets himself in trouble. You know, the big swole stuff, constant jabs at WWE. And listen, WWE makes their own jabs too. I'm not saying they're angels either. But as Charlotte Flair said a couple weeks ago in a promo, number one does not talk about number two. And if Tony Khan keeps talking about number one, you're never going to be number one. So shut up and let the product do the talking sometimes. Not only that, but I think that sometimes he he makes it hard for if you're if you're somebody that watches WWE on a consistent basis mm-hmm. or you grew up with WWE. Right. Sometimes the things he says make it hard for you to root for them or want them to be successful right. or choose to tune into the product because it, it, some of the things he says, and again, you pointed this out, WWE is no angel when it comes to this, but I feel like Tony Khan as the owner of the company sometimes should take the high road, so to speak. Right. Um, I do think he should have a Twitter account because you know I'm a big supporter of freedom of speech. That's a right that we all have here in the United States. So I always compare him sometimes to like Dana White. From the UFC because Dana White is very outspoken um, and he's obviously very passionate about his beliefs and the UFC and stuff like that. Right. People sometimes are more accepting of Dana White. And I don't know if that's just because he's been here for a, a longer time with Tony Khan. Sometimes I just feel like it's like, dude, don't even bother tweeting that. Like you're a, you should be above that. Right. You're the owner of the company. Like, just take a step back. Don't tweet that. No. I, so. Right. And, you know, I think. Still, there's those people that say, oh, he should be able to defend himself. And that's fine. You can defend yourself. But like the things that he's defending himself on really are things that are just like 
dude, just let it go. Like if WWE is leaking out rampage ratings, and if that's true, don't make a comment about it because one, most people don't even know unless you're in the Twitter, you know, atmosphere and actually follow wrestling news and stuff like that. If you're just watching the shows, no one knows what you're talking about, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, the thing with big swole, it's fine to say, you know, we're doing this stuff for diversity and we're going to continue to, you know, help with diversity. Don't call big swole a bad wrestler. (laughs) That makes it worse. Well, Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, there's a difference between defending yourself, but could you imagine if somebody like, like Vince, because that's who people are going to compare him right. to. If Vince went on Twitter and defended himself against all the negativity that people say about him literally on a daily basis, mm-hmm. and people say negative things about Tony and AEW on a, on a daily basis right. as well, but sometimes you just got to be like, don't focus on the negative stuff so much. Just focus on what you're doing right. Um, you know, I go back to like when, I don't know if it was the time that like there was that random half hour that went against SmackDown right. yep. with Rampage yep. and... He was retweeting like every single journal, wrestling journalist and and like commenting on it. And it's like, I don't have a problem with you like championing, championing your, your company and promoting your company. But it's like, dude, now you've gotten to the point where you're like retweeting wrestling journalists right. and all these silly remarks. And it's like, just let the product do know. the talking sometimes. That's what I feel like. Yeah. He He just... There are times where he does it and there's times where he promotes the hell out of his show and he does a really good job at it. But then there's times where it's like, dude, shut up and let the product do the talking. Not not just that, too, but we've also talked about this in the past where he tends to overhype yep. debuts, moments. Uh, I, I remember when Pac was returning and he said that it was I think he said it was going to be something that was going to change the landscape of pro wrestling or the foundation of wrestling or something right. like that. And it's like, okay, it's like Pac's a great wrestler. Everybody loves him, but that's not changing anything. Right. Well, what's that changing? Right. Unless it was more of a tease for a couple weeks later with sting, but people don't think that far ahead sometimes. So, but, right. um, got two more questions here. So the first one here, uh, we got a couple of this asked. So best show I'm, a weekly basis, worst show on a weekly basis. It, it's funny because if you asked me this, if you asked me this six months ago, it yeah. would have easily been dynamite and raw. But yeah. you ask me now, you know, raw has really picked up their shit. Raw has. And they didn't really have to do a whole no, lot. They didn't have to do a lot. They just had to focus on getting some younger guys in there you know, freshen up some of the matches and, you know, have some storylines on their show that people could be invested in. And Raw, for the most part, has done that. We're seeing the likes of of Austin Theory. We're seeing the likes of Dominic Mysterio getting, you know, feature storylines. We're seeing the, the Street Profits and the tag team division actually having multiple matches and multiple storylines. The women's division has multiple storylines. Are they the best? No. Some of them could be better, but at least there's much improvement. And I think the three hours aren't as bad as they have been in the past. Um, I, I think SmackDown has taken a significant hit in their quality of product because we have seen, I, I tweeted this out, not this past Friday, but the Friday before, where literally I started watching at 845, stopped watching at 930. 
It was nothing but recaps, packages, and rematches. And it's like, yeah, this is the show that got you a lot of money from Fox. You're on broadcast television. You get the highest viewership, and that's what you give people. It's hard to watch. Some like last, I mean, this past Friday, you had a great match with Naomi and Charlotte, but even that was a rematch. And I, mm-hmm. I, I like where that story's going because now maybe you see Naomi and Charlotte in a tag team match again with Ronda Rousey and Sonya Deville, or you know, it'd be Sonya and Charlotte versus Ronda and Naomi. I think that would be an interesting tag team match at some point between now and Mania. Uh, Dynamite has been good, but I think even then there's been moments where like even their show hasn't been great recently. There's been some good stuff, but at the same time, it's like this isn't the must-see every week Dynamite that we've had in the past. And then Rampage, Rampage is just, it's an hour and you can't really get too invested in it because it's just, yes, there there's decent matches, but like there's nothing much to it outside of that. Yeah, I so I'll, I'll phrase it or I'll think of it from this perspective. What show do I enjoy the most versus what show do I enjoy the least? The show that I enjoy the most on a consistent basis, I think, is Dynamite right. overall mm-hmm. um, because they got a little bit of everything. There's always or on, on a more frequent basis, there's either a segment, a match, a debut that is kind of like must see. Yep. You had Keith Lee, you had Jay White, you had CM Punk. Um, and MJF, you had, I mean, there's, there's countless things. If, if I'm going to watch, I'm going to look forward to the house of black. Like we just talked Mm -hmm. about a little while ago, Mm -hmm. um, Brian Danielson, Moxley return, those types of things keep you invested in wanting to watch. Now I can find something to enjoy on most of these shows right now on raw. I I didn't enjoy raw for months, but I tune in almost weekly now because I want to see RK bro. And I want to see alpha Academy. Chad Gable is awesome. Yes. They've finally given him the opportunity to show that he has some um, character there to, to show that he has the ability to be somebody that can be that Kurt Angle comedic yet serious role. Right. And he can go in the ring and he's fun. Yes. So so that's a plus for them. Um, Austin Theory, they've kind of highlighted him. Uh, Edge is there. The Miz, even though I know a lot of people don't like The Miz. The Miz is good as what is is good at what he's good at. He's going to go out there. He's going to draw heat. He's going to cut good promos, and he's going to be a good character. Right. Is he going to be great in the ring? He may not be great, but he's still going to perform. And you know, he's in there against Dominic Mysterio and Rey Mysterio right now, and I'm I'm fine with that. Um, you know, so so for Raw, that's fine. SmackDown, yeah, it's it's been a little difficult to get invested in that. I know they're trying to do certain things with like Aaliyah. And th- again, that's like every week it's the same exact thing. Where's that going? Are we going to see any progression in the storyline? Mm-hmm. Um, Roman and the Bloodline, they'll always be good. Are, it, they, they have been good. Paul Heyman's great. Um, the show that I enjoy the least is NXT. I used to love NXT. There's a lot of guys that are in other companies, whether it's AEW or brought up to the main roster, whatever the case may be, uh, released, unfortunately, that I used to watch NXT for because I truly enjoyed that product when it was Triple H's product. That's not the product that they have anymore. Do they have a lot of guys that I'm interested in? Yeah. Braun Breaker. Um, I think that he can be a good good guy to come up to the main roster at some point. So he's good. But it's just really, really hard for me to get invested in these people who literally it was like, okay... Um, like we're revamping the show. Yeah, you know, you, I was invested in all those guys like Andrade, Alistair Black, Johnny Gargano, Champa, and Champa's still there. But 
it's a rebrand. It's a repackage, and just can't get into it. So my least favorite show, NXT, on a weekly basis, Dynamite is probably my favorite show, start to finish. All right, I agree with you with Dynamite as the top show. I'm gonna disagree with you on NXT. You know, I'll admit I don't watch it as much, and but when I do watch it, I actually enjoy it. I think they actually, like Dynamite, have a purpose with every single segment. I do like the one thing that they do that the other shows don't do that they should start doing is that matches, for the most part, start and end in between commercial breaks. None of this Mm -hmm. let's go 20 minutes because that's what everybody wants and that's what makes an awesome match. No. A, A match can be, like, for example, this past Tuesday... We saw the Creed brothers against the Grizzled Young Veterans. And I think that match was like 12 minutes. And it did not go through a commercial break. It didn't go through picture in picture. It just went bell to bell, commercial break to commercial break. And it was a really good match. And the Creed brothers, from the first day that they we saw them on NXT 2.0, that first episode, you're like, wow, there's a lot of work to be done. You see them with the Grizzled Young Vets and you've seen them the last couple of weeks. They're getting it. And there's a lot of improvement yeah. there. Braun Breaker and the stuff that we saw on Tuesday with Champa and Ziggler and um, Legato Del Fantasma, I think was really good. And, there, and there's still a lot to go. Imperium. What's that? Imperium. Imperium. You know, Walter. I know people are upset with the name change to, from Walter to Gunther, and I'm with I'm you on that. that. I'm not a fan of the, the name change. I didn't think it needed it. But it's whether his name is Walter or Gunther, the character is the same, and I'm not as worried as other people are with Walter and Gunther or whatever you want to, you know, that whole deal. And I think once he makes it to the main roster, I do think they're going to use him very strongly, and I'm not worried at all. And I think NXT 2.0 honestly is a lot better than people give it, and I think just because of the huge sudden change, they're not giving it a chance. And I think if you do give it a chance, you you won't you'll think it's not that bad, and the characters aren't that bad, and the wrestlers aren't that bad, and the promos aren't that bad. But that's that's just me. I think right now, the worst show outside of Roman Reigns and the Bloodline is SmackDown. SmackDown has gotten huge, like almost unwatchable because it's just the same thing over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it breaks out once you know Elimination Chamber ends. And we could get some storyline progression for Mania, but it's hard to watch. I'll say Dynamite's the best, SmackDown's the worst. Our last question here on Twitter came from Mario Morales. What are your goals for the podcast? <laughs> my goal is to actually s- my goal is to actually get back to a, a swing and actually record more and upload more and get more than just once a week on here. Uh, that would definitely help. Um, but honestly, I, I think just getting to a point where you know it it actually makes sense monetarily to do this uh i mean we do get some youtube ad money but it's nowhere close to even a part-time job um you know merchant we do this for fun essentially yeah we do this for fun and you know we have merch you know the stores underneath the video and links in the description if you want to check out some of our merch but you know just having the support and having the community again and having something like this on a weekly basis where we answer your questions and 
it becomes a community instead of this tribalistic thing that I see on Twitter all the time. And that's, that's my goal to be the channel or podcast that people come to, to get away from the tribalistic bullshit. That is yeah, and that's, that, on Twitter and, and YouTube. Yeah. Exactly what I was going to say. And I think that was the goal from the very start of this. Mm-hmm. You know, we felt like we were two, two guys that watched wrestling from an early age that had a somewhat decent understanding of it, at least a fandom of right. it. You could say that with certainty. And, you know, right now it's just like the tribalism that you see in wrestling. Like we, we want people to engage in conversation. Did you like this? Did you not like this? Like, I feel like right now, you either support 100% of what WWE does or you support 100% of what AEW does. And if you don't agree with 100% of what they're doing, like you get called out for it. Mm-hmm. People say, oh, you're not a supporter. Right. Like just yesterday, I, I tweeted something about somebody uh, that I didn't like in AEW and uh, automatically someone said, you're an AEW hater. I literally just said five minutes ago, my favorite show week to week is Dynamite. Right. So, you know, you don't have to enjoy or you don't have to like 100% of what any one company does. And I feel like right now with the uh, atmosphere of people's fandom, they're they're not willing to challenge their bias. Right. They're not willing to say, hey, I didn't like this. Hey, this was a letdown. I enjoy the fact that you, three years ago, people were complaining that Brock Lesnar was champion and they wanted him on TV more. Now that he's a baby face doing some good work and he's on TV more, they're complaining that he's a part-timer. You know, same with Ronda like those, Rousey. Those... Same thing with Ronda Rousey. Oh, a part timer won the, both Royal Rumbles. Do you guys remember Ronda Rousey was on almost all the time? She was on every pay per view, challenged for the title, or you know was challenging her title, and on top of that was doing house shows. So she's more of a full timer than Brock Lesnar was. I mean, not only that, but I mean, you you get people who who you know yeah. And again, this is kind of getting into the weeds of this, but I, I think these are the types of conversations that people need to recognize and, and, and understand like the perspective of things like, you know, people complain about Edge winning the Royal Rumble. That was a big mm-hmm. thing and, and how he's a part timer yep. and all this stuff. And it's like, OK, but you're going to complain about that. But then when you look at like AEW by comparison, a lot of those guys don't work as frequently. That's okay. Like I, I don't need to see these guys weekly right. working these crazy matches and these crazy schedules, especially if you're a guy like Edge who's got neck issues and he's older. Mm-hmm. Like I don't need to see Sting wrestle every week. If Edge can go and he can can legitimately wrestle, I have no problem with him challenging for a title, just like I don't have a problem with Punk wrestling I don't know what he wrestled like six times since he's been there. It's been more. Uh, I and think if he's he did, at, I think the whatever I think the NJF is. match was his eleventh match since coming back. And it's obvious he can go in the ring. So if he were to make it to the point where he can challenge for a title, I'm cool with that mm-hmm. too. I don't care about the age thing. But like these are the narratives that continue to get spun. Um, you know, and I just feel like right now what our goal has always been, especially now, is to really encourage the conversation and ch- and to, to encourage people to challenge their own bias. Yep. Like I get it. You want to be a supporter of AEW. You want to be a supporter of WWE. You can do that and you can enjoy everything while still calling out stuff that you don't like. Yes. I, I could watch a giants game as a fan and they can win, but I'll still say, I didn't like the fact that Daniel Jones threw five interceptions and the fact that their defense gave up 30 points. All that matters is at the end, I, I enjoyed the outcome and whatever right. else. It's okay to point out flaws. Yes. 
Um, and I don't think people are willing to do that right now with the atmosphere of the fandom and pro wrestling, unfortunately. Right. And, and don't worry, we're actually going to have a couple future episodes, maybe this week, maybe next week, where we actually do criticize both WWE and AEW and, you know, see the common c- criticisms for both and see if they're warranted or not and try to fix them for Vince McMahon and Tony Khan. So definitely subscribe, hit that bell for notifications for that, you know, to make sure you don't miss those episodes. But I want to make this this Q&A episode thing a weekly thing. That's another goal of mine. So in order for that to happen, we need your questions. So comment your question that you want us to answer for next week. And, of course, you got the super thanks. So if you got that, that supports the channel so that we could do this more. But also it answers your question automatically when we do that. So don't forget to share us all over social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at SCPV Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode of the Squared Circle Cycle Babble.